0: the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann. Looking at the headlines in today's Daily Dispatch, teen passerby killed and five injured in taxi war. A flashpoint in the simmering war between two rival Eastern Cape Taxi Associations saw a teenager killed and five people hospitalized this week. Shootouts between the Border Alliance Taxi Association, Barta, and the Unkedu Taxi Service Association's Usta turned deadly when a 19-year-old passerby was killed on Tuesday and five more were killed on Wednesday. Also on the front page of today's Daily Dispatch, Angelique speaks from the grave. A woman who works with vulnerable and abused women received a message from a terrified Angelique Clark Abrams on August 16, 2019. Carl, her estranged husband, just came here and attacked me and choked me unconscious. I managed to get out and run into the landlord I managed to get out and run into the owner, the landlord's house, but now he has the spare key and keeps coming back here. And about seventy thousand boys ready for Eastern Cape summer initiation season. The traditional summer initiation period in the Eastern Cape begins on Friday when about 70,000 boys from the age of 16 will begin the rite of passage to manhood. For more on these and other stories go to dispatchlive.co.za One of the lead stories in these parts at the moment is one covered by Ted Keenan, our business correspondent at the Daily Dispatch. It's about Port St. John being within a gas strike of becoming the Mossel bay of the east of the Eastern Cape. The two provisos are that Impact Africa, IA, and BG International, BGI, Oil and Gas Exploration Consortium, hits the gas and oil mother load which requires deep water drilling and the consortium brings the product offshore for refining. An earlier 2D survey has already revealed old rivers flowing over the continental shelf depositing oil-rich nutrients, which often indicate oil or gas, or both. Impact Oil & Gas is privately owned. Based in the UK, it wholly owns IA. And it's concluded a 50% deal with BGI, wholly owned by Royal Dutch Shell, to prospect for oil and gas off the trans coast. This is something which has had local residents and conservation organizations up in arms. A Buffalo City municipality resident and lawyer who is opposed to this move is Kim Van Ketz. And Kim joins us this morning. Kim, good morning. Your objections to what's going on.
1: Darren, thank you so much for having me. Um yes i think I think that there is a tremendous amount of rage and passion and opposition uh, going on here i mean for for so many reasons, um, obvious and then some sort of less obvious you know um, I, I think on many levels, this is a deeply personal thing. Um, the people who live in this area are very, very passionate about the wild coast um it's a very sensitive narrow coastal shelf along the east coast of south africa um it is home to some of the most absolutely pristine reserve area uh, i'm just thinking off the top of my head of chuleka and kwebe and duesa and Mkambati, which is possibly a little bit further north um but you know how can we risk messing with this it's um it's insane and especially uh, given the fact that um you know, global leaders are sitting at COP26 pledging to move away from fossil fuel and investing in renewables. Everybody's buying into that on a global level. We are allowing these massive multinationals to come and drill for fossil fuel off our most pristine coastline. It's, it's insane. And the hypocrisy and the irony is, uh, you know, impossible to miss.
0: I understand that Shell and their partners are going to be working at a distance of around 3,000 metres You mean from the coastline itself? They'll be working at a depth of around 3,000 metres.
1: Yes. that Well, as far as I understand, that is correct as well. Um, You know, maybe just also worth mentioning, a permission was actually obtained um, as far back as 2013 or 2014 um, for this um, exploration. And I think... Possibly environmental um, awareness um, at that stage was you know we were not as aware of the looming environmental crisis that we face on a global scale, um, so I think you know although it 's possible that this is not actually unlawful it's it 's utterly immoral and it 's unethical on it 's completely against global strategy on every level you know I think we all know that there are many many things that have happened. Um, completely devastating things that have been lawful, but absolutely, you know, immoral and and unethical. And for me, this is another example of exactly that.
0: As you pointed out, this could fall foul of carbon emission reduction goals that were confirmed last week at COP26 in Scotland.
1: I don't think there's any doubt that it falls foul of that. Uh, You know, it's It's incomprehensible to me that, you know, that on the one hand we can be committing to that, while on the other hand, um, we're allowing this sort of atrocity to take place right under our noses.
0: I think I must add for the benefit of our listeners that we have contacted Shell and asked them for their response and offered them the opportunity to come onto the podcast. They point blank refused. They only were prepared to send us written answers to written questions, which of course defeats the object of any podcast. Those are the sort of answers that you send to newspapers and publications. It's not for a forum like this where you come on and speak for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think many people have communicated directly with Shell. I have, in fact, written to the chairperson uh, of Shell South Africa. He also sits on the board in Holland. And uh, to date, I've not had any response either. I think, Darren, what I was also saying is that, you know, there's so much passion and there's so much rage. And um, it's so important that we're able to channel that. You know, I think... um, People are trying to raise awareness. Uh, most definitely, um, there's a, a petition that's done the rounds. Um, thousands of people have signed it. People are engaging uh, with Shell directly. They're engaging with the company who did the environmental impact study for them. We are trying to communicate directly with uh, Barbara Creasy. Uh, I think she is in Scotland at the moment, and and obviously looking into legal action as well. So, I think um, I think there's an enormous amount of of very very passionate response going on, and it's it's. It's just important that we channel it uh, in the most effective way.
0: Was the local coastal community consulted? If so, how and when?
1: You know, according to um, Shell's sort of PR standard stock response, they do list um, attempts, apparently, or or notifying the community of their intentions and requesting um, input. But, you know, somebody, for example, like Kevin Cole, uh, who you may be familiar with, who is very, very involved in this sort of thing, uh, says that he knew nothing about it. So, you know, I certainly knew nothing about it. So although um shall is is stating that there was uh, an attempt to engage the community community members are certainly not aware of that and don't feel that they have in any way been consulted or given an opportunity to do so and you know that's the kind of thing it would have been helpful to have shell online as well so that they can uh, you know provide their side of the story I certainly was not aware of this until i I read the report in the daily dispatch a few days ago and you know things are set to uh, start on the first of december you know it's it's incomprehensible to me. Certainly, everybody that I, I have engaged with, nobody was aware that this was pending.
0: Kim, give us an idea of the likely consequences for marine conservation were this to go ahead.
1: You know, Darren, um, that's certainly not my area of expertise, but certainly on a, on a gut level, um, I just cannot imagine that we could tamper with uh, such a sensitive marine environment. You know, if you think about... Um, the annual sardine run, you think about how the wild coast ocean literally teems with life, with whales and dolphins and sharks. And, you know, Shoal is, is seeming to suggest that during the survey, the, the noise of the blasting will cause the bigger animals to move away. You know, I don't know how a mollusk moves away. How does a mollusk move away? I mean, it's it's insane. Um, You know, as I said, I'm certainly no expert when it comes to um, marine biology, but I cannot for a minute imagine how the survey will not massively impact this ecosystem. I mean, there is no doubt that it will. And even were it not to, I mean, the end goal is to set up massive, offshore oil rigs. This is one of the most treacherous coasts on the, in, in the world. I mean, we've lost so many ships over the decades on this coastline. Please don't tell me that an uh, oil rig, which is the ultimate goal, would be secure. I mean, even aside from the massive damage that the placing of the oil rig and the removal of the natural resources would cause, Imagine the devastation that would be caused. We're moving in the opposite direction of where we've committed to go. And it is, it is utterly unacceptable on every level.
0: Now, Kim, you've been approached by a group of ladies who are opposed to this particular movement by Shell, and they have some rather interesting and, shall we say, unusual protest methods that they're discussing.
1: Well, you know, obviously, we want Shell to do the right thing. If they don't do the right thing, um, we'll most certainly take legal action. Um, But... In the event that none of this work, we are not going to take this sitting down. Um, I'm part of a group of women. We call ourselves Wild Women on the Run. We've been running down the wild coast uh, for a decade now, uh, raising funds for various NPOs. We are deeply passionate about this coast. And the women are warriors. They are enraged by what is happening. Uh, And some of them are very, very prepared to body paint themselves and chain themselves naked to wherever they need to chain themselves. I think the ship uh, that is being dispatched to do the survey is called Amazon Warrior. So um, whether it's to Amazon Warrior itself, whether it's to the Shell head office in Johannesburg, um, there's, as I said, there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of rage. And um, I think, literally feel as if they're willing to lay down their lives for this coast.
0: A lot of passion a lot of rage and a lot of opposition. Kim Van Ketz, thank you very much for joining us on Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann this morning. Have a good day. Thank you for having me, Darren. Bye-bye. Joining us now on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann is Jason Simpson. Jason is based in East London when he's not on board the Sea Shepherd. Jason, thanks for joining us on the show this morning. And I think for starters, explain to our listeners what the Sea Shepherd is and what it does.
2: Yeah, thank you. So um, Sea Shepherd is a marine conservation society. Um, at the moment, we spend most of our time in West Africa um, attacking uh, illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing. And so most people will know Sea Shepherd from the show on TV called Whale Wars. And after this show, They went down to Antarctica. They discovered one of the biggest poaching vessels in the world. And they pursued the longest chase of over 110 days to get them arrested. And they sailed up the west coast of Africa, where they sunk themselves. Um, And from there on, we started collaborating with local governments along the west coast of Africa to show the world where their fish comes from and to show the world that most of the fish are caught illegally.
0: Now, Jason, moving from the west coast of Africa to the east coast of Africa, you will be aware that Shell, together with various associate companies, are planning gas exploration off the wild coast. There's going to be a lot of explosion. There's going to be a lot of industrial activity taking place. What is your position regarding this?
2: So where we were in Gabon, Gabon used to be a very big oil um, or they used to have a very big oil reservoir, especially in Port Gentil, which is a town along the coast. And every time we go to dock there, there's about four or five leftover oil rigs from just the oil wells drying up or the industry taking a dip, and they just leave everything like it is. There's probably a handful of people on these four. They just sit out there in the ocean they don't do anything, and it's a hazard to a lot of people around there.
0: There's explosion that's involved when it comes to this sort of exploration for gas. How does that affect marine life?
2: Well, these explosions, they can be heard from over 3,000 kilometers away, which is a very, very long way, especially in the sea. And I like to use the, the reference where people say um, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, And with this, they're basically fishing with dynamite because in Richards Bay they did the same and there were a lot of whales that washed up dead and that's just the big fish that that can be washed out. No one knows what happens to the corals and everything around that area. The explosions are very, very bad.
0: Is this discussion taking place amongst the Sea Shepherd folk? Are they likely to get involved in any opposition?
2: Well... In Australia, the same thing happened um, when Equinox wanted to, or Equino, wanted to drill along the Great Australian Bight. And there was a lot of Sea Shepherd supporters um, who went out and protested against this. Um, I have not heard from any of the boats that this discussion is happening, but I know that it is happening along the coast here. From local onshore Sea Shepherd volunteers.
0: Jason, we thank you very much for joining us. He's a member of Sea Shepherd, a marine conservation vessel which sails the seas of the world. We appreciate your opinions and we look forward to seeing a positive outcome when it comes to this proposed gas exploration off the wild coast. We must point out once again that we reached out more than once to Shell for their input on this podcast. They refused to join us. All they were willing to do was send answers, written answers to written questions, which, of course, is what you do with a newspaper and a publication. It's not the way that you deal with a podcast where live voices and live questions are answered in real time. So that's the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann for today, Thursday, the 11th of November. Enter the
1: Daily Dispatch Winner Car competition, and you could drive away in the new seven-seater Suzuki Ortiga 1.5 GA. The competition closes on the 21st of November 2021, and an entry form is printed in the Daily Dispatch every day. The more you enter, the luckier you get. Get your copy of the Daily Dispatch and enter now. Win a Car, proudly brought to you by Daily Dispatch and Ronnie's Motors. That was the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann.